Hey, everybody, the Vintage Strength Games are coming to Clayton, North Carolina on June 2nd to the 4th. June 2nd to the 4th. Go to VintageStrengthGames.com for more information and to sign up. Also, make sure you go on Facebook and you join the Vintage Strength Games Facebook group. Get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. Go to adxclub.com to purchase a steel mace or a steel club that's adjustable, made right here in the United States. I guess I'm recording too. All, All right. right, man. Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast, everybody. Uh, with me today is Jerry Lowe, who's in Nashville, Tennessee. He's a chiropractor. And uh, he came up on my radar for a conversation. I mean, we're going to talk about health and fitness like we always do on the podcast. But he was talking specifically about the transgender issue. I don't know if it's an issue or a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, but the transgender thing here, that's a little bit better. Um, and he had some really good insight about it. One of the things I want to mention before we dig into this um, is that I want people to understand that, you know, the Steel Mace Nation podcast and, and Jerry, you know, we do fitness, you know, we do health, but we're taking the time out to have this discussion. And it's my belief that, a lot of people are afraid to go outside of their lane and talk about these other things going on. And I think it would be beneficial if us little people, us piranha out there, start actually doing things like what we're going to do right here and have this discussion. I have nibbled around the edges before, Jerry, on these issues, and I've been censored off of YouTube I don't think they're going to do that now because I just watched the Aubrey Marcus podcast. He had Robert Kennedy Jr. on, and they said vaccine a million times, and they said mm -hmm. all kinds of shit, and it looks like it's flying all right with them. So I think we're free to talk pretty much. Um, That's awesome. Thank you for coming on and taking the time out of the middle of your busy day. I'm sure you had to cancel all your clients just to hang out with me on Zoom. Well, luckily, this is my uh, my lunch hour. But, yeah, thanks for having me on. And, I mean, yeah, I'm in the health and wellness uh, space. But, it, it, I mean, this transgender ideology, it, it dives right into my field because, I mean, my field is all about um, relying on yourself for health and dealing with emotional, mental uh, problems and not medicating every kind of instability you might have away and learning to deal with the suck in your life versus claiming victimhood. Um, and so when this thing started popping up, I was like, man, I just, I don't know. I just can't keep quiet. I just had to say my piece and, now you um, have a family? Are, yeah, I got two little kids. So that's, that's one of the big reasons why it, uh, I was like, man, if this stuff is going on, like what's going to happen if my kids go to school and they're, they're just like, 
put to this stuff that's being taught in school. Like what, what is happening? And the more you read into it, the scary it gets. And you got to be kind of, uh, you got to, what you call like know your stuff and see what's going on. I'm not, you have kids as well. Yeah. I, I have a, I have one kid who's, who's very young still. And yeah. Yeah. I got a two, a almost three year old and an almost one year old. And so they're like, they're, I mean, your worldview changes on everything when you have a kid. Right. And so it's, it's very important that, our society, we do the things now that make society great for the kids, and that's teaching our kids how to be self-reliant, how to understand their emotions and not have to go to the pill bottle for anxiety, for sadness. Like, happiness is not supposed to always be there, right? right? right. You're supposed to go through the suck to then be happy and then to kind of deal through the spectrum of emotions, not the spectrum of gender, right? Right. I think um... – the, the quest for endless happiness is actually a dangerous mental condition. I mean, it, if you're always happy and carefree, then how do you even know what happiness even is anymore? You have nothing to compare it to. And I notice uh, my – I mean, I don't want to get down on what people are feeling and thinking and saying. I don't want to be like a negative guy. But um, I feel like a lot of us adults out there are not prepared to actually pick up – um, the quote-unquote weapon of choice, sword, whatever you want to call it, and go to battle for the future generations. I'm sensing a lot of selfishness. Like, well, if that happens, I'll be dead by then. Well, what about your kids? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what about, not good. I feel like we should be laying everything we got down on the line right now. Like, we should be doing everything, like, to the umpteenth level to protect our little ones. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly heartily agree. I mean, they are, they're our kids. They're not the government kids, right? They're not the state's properties. We, are, it's like, I mean, in the health and fitness realm, right? Learning to swing a steel mace, learning to swing a kettlebell, you have to go through the reps, the discipline, and the mantra to do it successfully. You have to instill that in your kids. And if we don't do that, then they will fall prey to anything, which unfortunately it's happening a lot. It's hard, to, it's hard too, because sometimes you give up your kids to the school is eight hours a day and then they put in what who knows what they're taught and even in universities it's like when they go off and they're 18 they're just free for whatever and i'm afraid that these kids these days they haven't developed the emotional stability to handle all of these problems i mean it's it is kind of terrifying um what this book i read about the transgender trace have you have you read it it's called irreversible damage by abigail schreier no, I haven't really read anything like that on um, – I've been more or less learning about Maoism, communism, Marxism, and how, um, you know, transgender is just uh, – is a legitimate thing. It's, transgender is legitimate, but the Maoists, the communists, the socialists um, that operate in this world are stealing the transgender issue to use it as one of their weapons. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's make it's so basically kind of what happens is the state will take an issue and then they'll co-opt it to then make sure that everything becomes a part of the state where that basically you give up your responsibility and you rely on the state. Right. And this is coming from a, a reformed liberal that like, man, when I was in college or even out of college, I, I, I was all for it. But then, like I said, like once you realize when you're in the real world that you, if you do the things you're supposed to do and you actually work and you succeed, then you understand, oh, I don't need big daddy government to tell me what to do. I am a fully reliable, like human. 
And it's like, who, who are you, you know, government to tell me what I can and can't do? Like, you have no authority. You're just a person that goes to work and goes to bed just like me, right? And so that's the point of like these, uh, these communistic ideas, right? They take an, an idea and then they'll co-opt it for their own good. And then just for control, power, just like this new, um, the central digital currency stuff, they're trying to just control you and track you. And if you say one bad thing about an issue that they don't agree with, they'll, they'll cut off your money and you can't move. They'll track you and they can't do anything. And it's, it is, it is like a crazy, like the historic time we're living in. If there's not people like you and me trying to fight it or bring it to the light, then what's going to happen, right? Yeah, it's epic time. You know, I, I, I get chills when I actually think about it. Like, this is like all the growing up in the 80s watching all these movies. And yeah. like, I'm like, this is one of those movies actually friggin' happening, except it seems like nobody knows about it. <laughs> it's like, if you think, if you think, like, think 10 years from now, when we tell other people or like we relive what happened in 2020, 2021, it was not only the COVID nonsense and now the, tr like, this, this confusion of what's a boy and a girl and like you think of like what is happening like yeah why why and this all in my opinion it goes down to like we're being over medicated we're being drugged so we can't think and then we have a a society of like weak men who don't lead and then they're easily like what's the word they're easily shepherded or herded as sheep to do what you want again leading back to your malice communist i mean uh common I mean, people always say they, they just didn't do communism right, but we'll do it right this time. It's like, I don't, that, that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, well, I believe what they got going for them now is it, 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 in the past, communism always failed because it was isolated from the rest of the world. So you had something to compare it to. You were like, oh, look, um, those countries that aren't communist and they're doing very well. Um, so imagine now if you could just do the whole world in one shot plus keep it under electronic control everything i mean just to the money you spend to the satellites up in the sky watching where you go to the chip that they want to put in your hand and yeah whatever it is they could use this technology now uh so this is all stuff that the old soviet union would have loved to have had but they just didn't have the tech and they didn't have the ability to encompass the whole planet so this is frightening enough that this should be waking people up now jerry you work as a chiropractor probably five days a week maybe six how do you have time to stay so up on all these topics because you know i also see you're posting up really good videos that are helpful for health and fitness how to do kettlebell swings um you you offer like little programs and stuff in your bio up in your link people could click on it so you're i i could tell you're doing all that stuff you're you're running everything and yet you have time to stay well educated how do you do it oh there everybody's got time if it's important you will find the time like instead of going out you know on Saturdays, like I said, of going having a couple beers and watching sports at the sports bar, I'm I'm either with my family, and then when my kids are asleep, I'm reading or educating myself. And when you can transition your life to prioritize health, wellness, and being your own person, it, it doesn't. It's not a chore. It's it's just kind of who you are. So all this information, it, it comes easy to me to because it's stuff that interests me, and so it's not like I have to. I don't, it's, it's not like I'm taking time out of my day to do other things I enjoy. These are the things that I enjoy doing. So I will spend 10, 20 minutes reading about these topics because there's 
they're related to my, my field. And the more educated I am, I will also be more profitable and people come to me for health advice. And so it is like a win-win situation. I mean, everybody's got time. It's all about priority, right? I'm not endlessly scrolling Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. Like, there's a, there's a reason, there's a, there's a strategy behind all that stuff. So um, that's, that's how I have the time. It's, it's just in my lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. So it's your mindset. And I like how you, you basically are saying like, yeah, well, well, like I got to know this stuff anyway, because it's going to help, help me in my business. So it, so you relate it back to this business that you're, that you've built and that you're growing and nurturing. Whereas you're not seeing like reading a book, um, as a, as a distraction from all your fun and good times. And this is kind of like how I am. Like I actually listen to a podcast that's so hard. This guy is so intelligent that I sometimes have to listen twice. Um, and these are podcasts where he talks about, you know, the, the, the woke agenda. Yeah. And he teaches you how to recognize it and then how to fight against it. It's called, um, New Discourses, New Discourses with James Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah, I've heard of him. He's fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean, I enjoy it. I'm like, 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 look, Metallica just dropped a new album. I love Metallica. I listened to, I listened to like half the album, and then I was like, oh, I got to go listen to another podcast about Gnosticism. And, and I'm like jumping over there, like, I, and I'm like, okay, I love this stuff. But it also can kind of distract me or drag me down. And now you run a business and you got people you got to see, and you're not going to talk shop like this all the time with your clients. Like some of them won't even appreciate it. I don't think. So how do you maintain, like you don't get, how do you not let all this stuff drag you down? Oh yeah. Uh, And and maintain that, that, that good business vibe that you need to have. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Like sometimes this stuff, this stuff can be heavy. So yeah. when when like when I'm like okay, I'm I'm too much in the doldrums. I pick up like just random fantasy novel books. I like to read. So I just started this book called Wheel of Time. It's like a 15 book fantasy novel that kind of gets me out of the out of the doldrums. Or you know, I just spend time with my kids, my family. That that always picks me up. And even then, like it, it's like just being out in nature kind of re re-energizes my 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 battery so I can then fight the good fight and then when I'm with my patients it's not like I'm not just talking about it right I'm talking things that relate to their health so they'll ask me hey what's wrong with how can I help with my low back pain do these exercises how can I help with my gut with my sleeping you know do these activities before bed like reading before bed instead of being on your phone and they're asking me, well what should I read I'm like well these are some options that I like to read you can kind of so it's good to be well versed on good books so that they can they can incorporate data into their own lives. That makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And and I was just thinking about a, a moment I had with my daughter and her two friends, all girls. And I don't know how the conversation came up, but I had all this stuff in my mind, transgender stuff, and worrying yeah. about you know what what the schools are going to teach my kid when I'm not around. And I just took that moment just to sort of like keep it simple. I was like, you know, there's a difference between men and women, right? And I'm like, what do, what do you notice, girls, that are the difference? Well, the hair length, boys are rough, girls are this. You know, like, I'm like, right, there's differences. And then there's differences in their bodies. And, you know, guys have rough skin, girls have soft skin, you know, like talk like that. But that made me feel very good because it was probably a conversation you got to have with a kid anyway. 
And yeah. it made me feel like I was fighting back because yeah, and I'm you, teaching you, them. You, you, you deserve to have that conversation, right? Versus their, like their school counselor, right? It's supposed to be you. <laughs> yes. Right. right? How, how old is right. your daughter? She's 10. 10. Yeah. So she's like coming up on a lot of stuff in her life and mm -hmm. it's very it's crucial to be there, be that, that strong father figure to like help guide her. I mean, you, you can't protect her from everything, right? But it's like, no. you got to figure a way to, you got to just instill the values. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now, like, like I said earlier, you know, you, you had this really good post that you were talking about it and you got pretty into it. And I think, I think really like that's a post that you could show to a mature kid even, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. you know, it's to a degree. I, I, you were talking about like removing body parts and stuff. It's, uh, it's, so this topic, man, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it's sensitive because yeah. there, there are transgender people. Like if right. you're right. So if you're like 35 years old and have thought about this and are willing and understand the consequences of what you're doing, like being put on these hormones that are irreversible, going through these surgeries that are irreversible. And sometimes these surgeries don't even work. So you're worse off than you were. But if you want to do that, by all, and you pay for it, and the government doesn't pay for it, what, by all means, do it. But if you talk about it in the sense that, you, like I was questioning it, why, why they're doing it towards the younger crowd, then you can, you know, you can be labeled a transphobe or like, I'm not yeah. scared, I'm not scared of any of that. But like, you, we need to understand that it's this, this information needs to be to people who understand what's happening versus putting it into a kid who doesn't quite understand, hey, if I put, if I get put on Lupron, which is a basically a puberty blocker, that those hormones may never come back, and you want those hormones. Obviously, you want to go through puberty and whatnot at a at the right time, and the kids just don't understand that. And so it's, it's like if you even talk about it, it, it's like the ninth rail, right? You can't without being considered a, a homophobe, transphobe, racist, or whatever. But right. the thing I got on people is like I'm Asian, so they can't say I'm racist, which is like. <laughs> 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 so you so I got are a perfect representative for this conversation. All Asian yeah. people step up to the bat. Yeah, it's not like yeah, it's not like just white people. It's like you know anybody could talk. Like this is just common sense, right? And the whole label yeah. of racism is just being weak-minded. And I mean, it's just that. I mean, it was real, but it's not. It's not as bad as it's not. It's like not around as much, right? It's like no institutional holding people down stuff like that. It's, really again back to mindset and how you handle your life yeah and we all have struggles and it's just how you handle it right mindset that goes back to it but yeah transgender stuff i don't know it's crazy man uh, i you know a question just popped in my mind and and this this could be one of those questions where you say how dare you ask these questions but you mentioned lupron which is a, a puberty blocker so the whole point is to get to the kid before they hit puberty to stop it from happening and then they're going to transition. And I assume that this could be for a girl transitioning to a boy or a boy to a girl. They're stopping. Th but then they need to become the mm -hmm. thing. They need to either become the boy or they need to become the girl. So doesn't that mean, well, let's just say it's a girl and she wants to become a boy. They use Lupron. <laughs> okay. No puberty. But now she's. She's not a woman because she didn't have mm -hmm. puberty. So now they have to put or I'm sorry, she's not a man yet. So now they put her on testosterone. Yep. It's how how many drugs is that? I mean, how 
it, to that, me, that just seems very, very dangerous. And and those hormones, it's like they they are a a chemical cocktail in the brain that makes you act crazy, like legitly crazy. Because so Lupron like, itself, like when yeah. when boys are going through puberty and they're bouncing off the walls. Yeah, and and so yeah, you there's more aggression. There's also more higher risk of heart disease and. And even um, the Lupron itself, it was, it was first invented to be for, um, for rapists, like child, child molesters. It, it, it chemically castrates them. Mm-hmm. And now it's being like secondarily used on young, young girls and young, like, it's like, what? But anyways, yeah. So then you have like different hormones in your brain. You're going crazy and then you can't control your own thoughts. And that's when you have these like suicidal ideations. When in reality, what it probably was is they had the child itself had a, mental disorder some sort of trauma and now they have some sort of mental disorder that really needs to be addressed it's not it's not that they think they're a boy or girl it's like they have something that they they need to address and they're clinging on to this this social contagion of transgenders that they think this will solve their problem versus getting to the heart or the root of the actual problem which then comes back to kind of who i am is like root cause medicine you know oh like you can control some things but you just need some help and yeah, those, those hormones, man, they, they, they mess with your brain. Yeah. Well, I can attest to the audience about you, Jerry. Before we hit record, I mentioned I was getting hit with this wild attack of allergies. And you said, oh, you know, you might want to uh, detoxify your liver because, that you know, you can't uh, flush everything out of your system. There you are getting to the root cause of an mm-hmm. issue, which, yeah. which uh, you know, it, it's amazing – the tidbit of wisdom that you have here. Um, this may not be something across the board for everybody, but uh, when you deal when you're dealing with kids, you shouldn't be jumping to something so invasive as chemicals and and surgeries before you try to get to the root cause of things. And like uh, even somebody in your profession, which it would be like wild, like, well, what's a guy from a Who's a chiropractor going to have to say about a, a kid wanting to transition? Well, you just said it right there. Get to the root cause of the problem. And um, I think, you know, this jump ahead to just go right to dangerous surgeries and stuff is diabolical. I think there's more to it than I don't think there, I don't see people being kind or compassionate. Do you? No, it's. I mean, so it, it's an unfortunate reality that surgeries and the healthcare model is a business and it is a money making machine. Cause if Billions, you start right? them, yeah, you start them on the hormones, that's, that's money. And you start them on the, and then you do the surgery, which is quite a bit. And then you start them on the rehab, which is more money. And then, then you have infections and you have to come back in for more surgeries. And sometimes the surgeries don't even work. Right. So if you get like, if you try, if you get what's called top surgery, basically removing the breast, you have all these like scar tissue here, but also there's like lymph nodes in that breast tissue that should be there to help clear out your body. So now you have problems, you know, clearing out infections later in life because you don't have those lymph nodes that were in that breast tissue. I never even considered that. You're right. Yeah, it's the breast tissue is not just lumps of tissue. There's there's reasons behind it, right? Or yeah. if you go the opposite way, right? You try and just put breast on a kid. It's, there's nothing's going to happen there. It's not going to work or what they call bottom surgery. And you, you try and give a girl what looks like a, a penis. It, they take off part of your skin 
and they try and make it into look like a, a functioning penis that will, I mean, can get be infected. They, they cut a hole in your body and then they try and make it somehow get erect to, to, to eventually have intercourse with someone you might love. And it's just like, it never, never works. So then this, this wheel, this hamster wheel of go back to the doctor, surgeries, prescription drugs, surgeries. And unfortunately it's, you gotta just follow the money that's that's basically big pharma just follow the money yeah so i mean it's uh it's very daunting to think about and and this is where a lot of people start checking out on the conversation they just don't want to go any further it, it seems like it you're up against the goliath there's no way mm -hmm. to you know what's your advice as far as that is concerned it is there any way to stand up against this Goliath? Do we do we have a chance? Are we are we organized enough? What do you think? Uh, all David has is a stone, right? Yeah, right. I mean, as long as we got a voice, there's definitely a way. I mean, your shirt speaks it. Freedom, right? Safe and effective. I, yeah. like, I mean, so don't get me wrong. Big pharma, pharmaceutical drugs are necessary in certain instances, but for like. I read a stat the other day. There's like a thousand FDA approved drugs, right? I think 800 of them are basically just repurposed drugs so they can patent them to then sell more. So basically they take an old drug, add a little molecule, repatent it under a different name, and they sell for 15 times more than they actually should. And then whereas you yourself could take a look at your lifestyle and try and change what might be the reason you need to go on this pharmaceutical drug, like for high blood pressure, cholesterol, obesity, diabetes, those are all lifestyle changes, you know, simply swinging a mace, swinging a kettlebell, learning how to do it properly, you'll, that'll solve 99% of your problems. Now, for the people that need some other things, yes, some of the drugs are, per are needed, but 90% of the time, it's a lot of lifestyle stuff. So yes, there is a, we have a fighting chance. We've been doing it for millennia before Big Pharma, and then they came on and just monetized everything. Yeah, and it seems like that that's the thing, though. The money is in, is an incredible amount, and there's uh, there's like parasites that cling onto that industry. They make money, and you know, mm -hmm. I mean, politicians are getting money from the industry. It's just awash with corrupt money, and um. You know, I like to think that people are seeing it now, though, and they're and they're getting pissed, you know, or pissy yeah. enough where they're like, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. But I also see a lot of people, they don't want to consider it. And I say, well, what if this happens again? What if 2024 or 2025, there's a, a new pandemic called Sears or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and they do it again, but this time it's worse. Are you going to get in line for that? For that jab, are you gonna follow all the rules? And they don't even want to answer the question, let alone even try to try to actually live it out. It seems like, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of people who um, love the security and are okay with their freedom being taken away. You know what I mean? Whereas people like you and me, self-starters, entrepreneurs, I mean, we we do it ourselves. And it's it's a sad fact. I mean, not everybody's gonna hop on board, right? I mean, I mean, are you a Star Wars fan? You had the Rebellion and the Republic, right? It's like 
Yeah. There, there will be people that are on the Death Star. Unfortunately. I think about I think about Star Wars all the time these past couple of years. It's so it's, crazy. Like I'm thinking Empire Strikes Back. We're going to be out in the snow, and it's just going to be. <laughs> yeah, know, and then the some, Empire. Somehow... Go to SleepyMonkeyTrainingAcademy.com to turn your pain into power. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what's going to happen? Yeah, somehow Fauci comes back. And then in the third video or the third movie, somehow, somehow RFK comes back or like, I don't know. But who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Like right. That, that guy, he's in a whole nother story. But I mean. Who, RFK? Like, I, he, well, Fauci, but RFK, yeah, oh. he's, I mean, he's, he's running for, for president in 24. So that should be interesting. Yeah. I, you know, this is a good question to go around asking people because a lot of people are just so polarized by Trump. Like, so would you vote for RFK? You know, just ask them and see what they say because, yeah. because like, even even like a hardcore conservative would should be looking at him as a good candidate because, yeah, I know what they're gonna say. Like, well, he hasn't really talked about the economy and all that stuff. Like, hey, <laughs> you know, they're they're gonna find some reason to to say he he's coming up short. But um, when it comes to freedom and reality and truth. I'm sure he could figure out the economy too because he's just a realist. Yeah, he I mean he is he is the kind of democrat that I I think I I um I which I I like versus yeah. what what it's become these days, you know? And it's I mean but between him Trump and I don't know who who a lot's going to happen in uh the next, you know, 18 months, which is going to be kind of crazy, but our world in 2024 is going to be such a turning Stepping stone as to whether we go good or bad, or or a freaking China just comes over and takes over everything, which is a whole other issue, right? Yeah. Now, if if we go to a all um, digital currency, are you going to offer bartering for your chiropractor services? Oh, that's a that's a you know what I thought like uh, give me some land and uh, like I'll put me next to like a, a cattle ranch, right? And all the meat I want. Uh, and then I teach my kids how to like herd cattle and then, yeah, we could do something like that. Like, you know, that would be ideal. And like, yeah. I'll teach them how to lift to a, you know, do some deadlifts, do some kettlebell swings and, uh, adjust them and give them health advice. Like, yeah, I don't, or I don't know how they'll fully transition out money. Cause there's so much in the, like so many dollar bills actually in the world, but yeah, I don't know how I would do that. It's a wonderful question. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are skeptical it could happen, but I, don't see the, any reason for them to push it to even this extent unless that they, they plan to to go all the way but we'll see you know it, how, how was how was your experience uh in new jersey during the pandemic well it, it's it's a little communist here you know it's uh <laughs> it, you know the um it, i got lucky where where i work i think the the city realized that there was some issues with law as far as you know telling people they can't come back to work unless they get jabbed up um so i managed to survive through all that but that doesn't mean i didn't go through a lot of stress because it, it was not clear what was going to happen <clears throat> and yeah. i was looking at everybody around me even in even in my own state there was firefighters being told don't come to work 
And I'm like, well, that could definitely be me. So let me just tell you, I mean, I, I was going through some uh, some pits of turmoil for a while. I was very, uh, I was on a very low point because it really made me realize also how dependent on this system I am. And I yeah. don't think of myself as a dependent guy. I mean, when we fight fires, I'm, I'm not dependent on somebody, you know, like we help each other, but we always make sure we could get in or we could get out of trouble if we can on our own. And then here yeah. I am like, yeah, but you know what, if, if this really came down to, it and I can't pay my bills, what am I going to do? Yeah. I, yeah. I forgot you were a firefighter. That's right. Th thanks for everything you do. Sure. I, I, I enjoy doing it. Like, you know, I love, um, uh, helping people, you know, and I know that's why you do what you do. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, it was, uh, our, thankfully my business was considered essential during the pandemic so I could come to work, but yeah. like, no one was, no, no one was like, cause everyone was at home and I was like, everybody was worried about it. Hell, even me during the first like four or six months of it, you didn't really understand it until you, and then you do some of your, your own research. Like, Oh, this is like, you know, I'm in shape. I see the sun. I don't eat like crap. I, I will be fine. And it's like, you get in your brain that if you get this disease, you're going to die. Right. And that's why people, like, that's why people freaked out. But in reality, 99.999% people, whatever, they're fine. Right. There's that 1% that's like, or that 0.01% that died, which is like with any other disease in the world. Yeah. And then when you realize that, you calm down. Yeah, calm down. Same, so the same concept with this, if this this transgender craze with young kids, like we have to kind of somehow instill in them to calm down, to think about their decisions. But that I guess that's every parent's dilemma: trying to just raise kids and just put up those guidelines and not let the crazies take over their brain. But I mean, I remember when I was thirteen, I was I was dumb, stupid, and you know, brain was full of ideas, thought I knew everything. But thankfully. Thankfully, I didn't even have this option to even think about back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is what I think, why I think it's diabolic. Um, from everything I'm learning, the kids go to school, and that's where they're spending most of their time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they get pulled into this. And then if they even have, uh, they mention one little thing. Like, you know, so, like, I don't know, it could be a boy who just says, I don't know, I like hanging out with the girls more. Then that kid goes to a counselor, and this is where it's diabolic. I think that the counselor lays little candy trail for the kid to sort of talk themselves into the into the thing. I don't, I don't think there's any bumpers there for to to guide the kid. I think it's late. It, they're drawing them into it, um, and taking advantage of the young child's mind where they're going to jump at the first glitzy thing. Mm. Yeah. That's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's what they call gender affirming care. Right. Not like, yeah, not like diagnose, uh, differential diagnosis, which, which you're supposed to be doing. It'd be like if someone comes into me saying, Hey, my neck hurts, but they have like, I can clearly tell it's from their low back, but they want me to look at their neck. But like it's it's your low back, and it's like me just affirming what they want. Or someone else get a good analogy is like if an anorexic were to say, "Hey, I'm fat," it would be like a a therapist saying, "You're right, you are fat. You need to stop eating." And it's just like you are just affirming what they think versus telling them and guiding them through it, which is, is not it's it's not worth it, right? It's not great. 
That is a great analogy. And what would happen to a person if they affirmed an anorexic? They would lose their job. They would lose their license, right? They would say, you're, you're a hack. You don't even know what you're doing. You could clearly see this person's about to die and you're telling him don't eat anymore. But it's okay when it comes to whatever feelings a, a, a kid might be feeling. Yeah, and then so and I think some states now, if you if that's like the standard of care. So if you don't do that, you lose your license. Or you can be sued. Or even like if the parents don't agree with it, the kids can be taken from you, which is I I believe that is a trademark of like communism or Maoism. They they the kid they start with the kids and they take over, which is insane. Right. I yeah, I don't I don't wanna say negative things about these people, but if I was a person who was put in that position, I would leave that career. I would say, I'm not doing this then. If you're going to force me to go down this path every time, that's ridiculous. You're taking all the power and freedom out of my hands as a, as a, as a specialist who went to school, who dedicated my time. This is where it's happening organically in my office with the parents. We're not rushing into this. And then you know, speaking of rushing into it, when the kid enters into this gender affirming care, like what's the turnaround time by the time they're being put on Lupron? Oh, uh, I I don't know that off the top of my head. I mean, it, let's just say it's about six months. That's incredibly year. fast. I mean, it, yeah. some some mental things can take years just to just yeah. to scratch the surface, and you're gonna just have somebody on a drug within a year. Yeah, even even if it's like. I think there's a there's a clinic somewhere in Canada who they do ge they do gender reassignment surgeries, but for adults, right? And so, but their prerequisite is if you want this done for adults, you have to live as the opposite gender for two years and see what it's like, and then you like uh, qualify for the for the whatever for the gender reassignment surgery. Like they have to be two years as the opposite versus six months. Take Lupron, take testosterone, and then just let's just start the bandwagon. Because I believe once you start on it, it's like 80, 90% will go to surgery, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that's I mean, mind-boggling. This, this book, I mean, you got to check it out. It, it, is, it is frightening. What's it called <laughs> again? Uh, Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. I mean, it's even more frightening because I have a daughter. You have a daughter, and it's yeah. just like, what? It's like, because that's. That's kind of the, the crew that it, it's it's happening to, unfortunately. Why? Um, well, there's a there's a there's a lot of theories that she puts in there. One of them is, uh, kids are looking for a reason to be a victim because there's all these um, helicopter parents that just knock down every sort of obstacle in their life, right? And so they have nothing. There's like no hurdles. They don't go through anything sort of bad. And then so when they get to 13, 14, 15 years old, they they're, they see other stories of like romantic stories of someone persevering. They don't have that because they've never had any challenges. So then they find this as their victimhood mentality of, oh, maybe I'm another person. And then if they say, hey, I'm coming out as trans, they get congratulated by everybody because it's like a it's virtue signaling. Um, another, another theory is that it's like um, the kids are not, um, mentally stable enough to handle emotions anymore because like we said earlier they're always we're, as parents there some parents are always making their kids happy no matter what so if that's putting them on drugs preventing their anxiety always trying to be happy and if they have the one little instance of sadness 
they freak out. Um, and then it just becomes a social contagion. One one kid does it, they get the validation. Another kid does it, another kid does it. I think a stat recently said that like 25% of the high school kids are now identified with like LGBTQ community, which is a lot. Yeah, and I, I heard think, that. Yeah, and like I, as a college in 2017, Evergreen College, 40% of their students identify like was a part of the LGBTQ, like 40%. Yeah, that, that that some seems wrong there. I, I yeah, I I know, I know people will say, well, you know, because it's more acceptable now, so people aren't as afraid. And I'm gonna call bullshit on that because I I mean, look, I was I was born in the '70s. I grew up all it, it, nobody cared about whether somebody came out or not. There was never never anything where people were in my world. I don't you know. What was happening down the street? Maybe it's another thing, but for the most yeah. part, it was you know it's always accepted. It's been in movies and stuff, um, and it's been c continually becoming more accepted. So I don't think that's what it is. I think that's way too high of a number to be legit. Forty percent. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, might as well be half. Might as well. That's that is. I don't know. That's insane. I mean, I had a conversation. So I wrote an email about this book, and uh, one of my patients, we had a a good conversation i was like how you identify as your sexuality is like the least interesting thing about you you know like it shouldn't be like you know you you're such a more complex person than that. like right. that is not who you are you don't wave the flag of you know or i don't wave the flag that i'm a heterosexual cis male or whatever like right i'm so much i'm so much more than that yeah it, that, that, we don't have heterosexual parades and you know, outside of maybe some college kids talking about, you know, like the good time they had the night before, you know, with the girl, you know, that kind of talk. It goes right over that. And then they're talking about other things. There's, you know, the football game and, you know, what what they're planning on doing with their lives and all their other interests. It's just a little tidbit of everything. And you're right. Like you, you have an identity that's built around it. So that's got to have a negative feedback on you the rest of your life. If that's your identity. That's what, you know, as like, you know, it's, uh, it's self-validating and now corporate America's, you know, trying to, again, cash in on it. And the whole Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light thing, we see how that's going. I mean, Bud Light's <laughs> stock is crashing because they, <laughs> they're like trying to adhere to a, a customer base. That's not their customer base. Which is right. Right. Yeah. And it's just totally repulsing everybody else because, they're like, hey, I was buying your product, and now you're doing this, and I, this doesn't even include me. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, they do it because they have to do this what ESG score or DEI to be some yeah. for some sort of BlackRock thing that again comes down to like globalism and everybody just everybody being able to under one one umbrella, one central universe. Your life should be dictated by your own actions and local community and family and. Not you know dictated by high under but under the government. It's just the less government involved, the better, right? Right. Yeah. I'm gonna say you know they're gonna come out. They're gonna tell you they have all these good ideas to make life better, and that's the the glitzy, glamoury thing they're trying to lure you in with. And you know life is not supposed to be just you know a a big bowl of cherries all the time. Yeah. You know and. Yeah. and you're going to have to go out sometimes and just drudge through things. And that's going to make you a better person anyway. But you mentioned family 
And, you know, if you're alive right now and you're listening to this, you come from some kind of family, maybe not the best family, maybe maybe you even hate your family, but you still come from a family. You could get what it what it was or is. And uh, without uh, a society that's set up around the family, then you just have a very anti-family society, which ends up being anti-human. Mm, yeah, it's the destruction of the nuclear family. It's basically uh, that that is the one of the agendas. Again, it take it takes away the male fa- fa- the father figure in the home, and then you know, I mean, strong women are wonderful at raising kids, but they cannot do it themselves. I mean, right. you know, I know, I got. It's like raising kids. It is a team. It is hard work, and it is not always fun. But again, you get through it. Like my training with the kettlebell or all the running I do. I do that so I could do other hard things. And I'm like, I, if I can do that, I can do this. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, I, just, I, I, I embrace the suck, as David Goggins always says. Embrace it. Okay, yeah. Now, when you have clients come in, um, you're, they're there for an adjustment, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I take it you're really on this holistic path with them where you're really trying to – help people uh, i could see it from you know again from watching your instagram this is why I, I think you know people should pay attention to you and you and people of your kind because there's i mean you know there's a lot of different chiropractors yeah, out there yeah but you're like you're the kind of chiropractor i would i would go see um i have a friend who's a chiropractor and he, he takes care of me and we have we talk about holistic approaches to things and he has a really good mindset kind of similar to you um so when you have clients come in and and they're getting through this like sticky point where you know they're in pain and you're starting to get them through it now where do you how do you get them to the next level like do you get them swinging kettlebells and stuff yeah so that's the goal right they come in with pain and we teach them how to um we teach them basically how to stay active for as long as they can so whether that in my opinion using a kettlebell is one of the easiest training tools. It can, you can rehab with it and you can get strong with it. So the, someone will come in with pain, say low back pain. We kind of put out the fire, meaning stop the pain. And then we teach them how to properly move again. So then they, and then they find the joy in that and then they want to continue. And then they, they do these kettlebells. They go, they, they, they keep a more active lifestyle and then they hurt themselves again and come back. But that's <laughs> kind of what happens. But I'd rather someone, you know, wear away versus rust away. You know what I mean? Like yes. someone is not doing anything. And um, I mean, I've, I've never done a steel mace. I just ordered one because of you. So I, I need you to show me some pointers on that. But uh, it's coming today. But I, like it's that's that's how that's our practice model, right? We move better. We eat better. We feel better. We are better. That's basically it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I always my motto is when they dig up my bones like 3,000 years from now in an archaeological dig, they're going to say, man, this guy wore himself out living his life. They, I want them to see joints that are worn down to the yeah. pulp. You know what I mean? Like this guy just didn't stop. That's that. That's what keeps me going through when I don't feel like doing stuff. Yeah, and and then they'll, they'll be able to tell you whether you were a man or a woman just by your bones. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. There is differences. Like they're not going to see it like the birth canal thing going on. Yeah. The hips are wider in women. It is supposed to be, you know, men have bigger heads and jaws. It's supposed to be. We have broader shoulders. I right. Mean, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, we use our bodies properly. We have a strong nuclear family. We good values and principles and we get out of this mess. Right. All you need is a voice. That's it. And that's the, the, I think the takeaway for this episode is use your voice again, pointing out, um, we're piranhas, you know, there's sharks, the good guy sharks, you know, we're not bad sharks out there. There's some good sharks like Joe Rogan's a shark, right? Yeah. He's just out there taking big chunks, but he's, he's, he's also easy to pick off They they could, they could shut him down, Mm. but us piranha Maybe they can't shut us down just so easily. So what I encourage everybody to do is what we're doing right now. If you don't want to talk about it online and put it up like we just did with this video, you can at least have the conversation with your chiropractor or or your teachers or whatever. Just get into the conversation. Get to Even if it's uncomfortable, like, hey, what are we doing here with all this nonsense being talked about with transgender and stuff? Do your own like little revolution right right in your own little world. But you got to get out of the apathy state. Every voice counts. So I, that's what I'm hoping we could do with this episode is encourage people in the fitness industry who have huge platforms who can skillfully speak better than me. I, I mean, there's people out there that are terrific at doing like Instagram videos and ads and stuff, and they could actually – talk about like the transgender issue or um you know body, bodily autonomy you know mm. something like that but you don't have to speak about the thing directly like you don't have to talk about the jab directly you could maybe you know speak about it in a more clever way so people kind of get the gist of what you're saying but i i see uh, the potential for the fitness industry people who post stuff on instagram swinging their mace swinging their kettlebells chiropractors, you name it, massage therapists, just talking about these little things, you know, because I'm sure that in each one of these industries, there's a little friction point. Maybe a massage therapist is like, oh, well, I have clients and sometimes these clients have transitioned and mm-hmm. I I don't know or whatever. I don't know what the deal is that they could be going through, but this is all good stuff to talk about. So yeah, it should not be a crime to talk about it. I've had I've had pretty good uh, feedback from my post. I was I was I was scared. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, man, I got to do it. Thank and, you for uh, saying that that you were scared because I I know yes, it is yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, that's gonna happen. I have my own business, uh, yeah. but you know what? I'm doing it. It's not. It is. It is. My soul is worth more. <laughs> yeah. Now you have a business, and your life, blood, and everything. Now me, I, I lose my my fitness platform. I, I still got my job at the fire department. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I started talking about this stuff because I said I have no excuse not mm-hmm. to use my platform for this. If people don't like it, they could just stop following. Um, but you know, you and anybody else who has an actual business, this is this is and I totally get it why you would be apprehensive, but um, talk to Jerry. You know, if you're one, of, you know, if you're one of these coaches out there that wants to get involved, talk to Jerry on the side. Hit him up, DM him. You're at Spine and Strength, right? At Spine and Strength, all spelled out on Instagram. That's where you can find me. 
um, on my link in my bio, I got a bunch of links in there, how to, how to swing a kettlebell, kind of how you measure up as a father. But really the, the content of the, uh, the Instagram is personal responsibility, um, how to be a good role model. And just um, now I'm not perfect, but I know the tenets that um, I follow. I make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. But as long as I'm I'm trending towards the right path, I think we'll be all right. Well, none of us ever make mistakes on Instagram because we edit out the mistakes. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's good, man. That's really good. Thank you for all that information. We're going to have to do this again. And um, you said you're going to get a steel mason. Awesome. That's awesome. You're going to yeah, love it. it. It's, act, it's actually coming today. It's for, I got it from on it. Okay. 10 pounder. Yeah. yeah. Th- perfect. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of episodes of Steel Mace Nation where I speak with a physical therapist, Dave, um, David Dahl in Kentucky. He uses mace in his, um, in his practice as a physical therapist and uh, a whole, whole bunch David of other. Dahl? Yeah. David Dahl. I'll, um, I don't remember the episode number. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. He's actually been on twice because I had a shoulder injury. So we talked about my shoulder injury a little bit for one episode. But, um, yeah, so, you know, you anybody could tap into what those podcasts have to offer. And, um, and you know, when you're ready to get a few pointers, just let me know. We'll do a Zoom call, and I'll show you. Well, from my understanding, the kettlebell with the swing, the, the mace is for the, the, what is it, 10 to 2? Is that the, the basic – yeah, ten, uh, a ten and, there's a 10 and 2 and a 360, similar but slightly different. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll have to look up – I have some on-it videos I'll look up, and I've seen some of your videos online too, but, uh, yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, and, and I know you're teaching everybody the kettlebell swing. You're like I, – I, you got that one video where it's like, oh, if you don't have any time to work out, do kettlebell swings, and you'll get more bang for your buck, which I agree with. Um, if you could add in some steel mace swings, like, you know, superset, mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. just like adding like an, another scoop of ice cream right on top of your Sunday. I see the, like the rotational aspect and, um, and then last question, do you do much with the steel clubs? Yes. I got some of those coming too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You, you just did like a big bulk purchase here and you're yeah, just like, all yeah, rotational. I'm, I'm, I'm buying in. So, I mean, I saw your Instagram, so I'm doing it. So I got the steel mace and steel clubs. I got, I think, just two 10-pound steel clubs, I think. Yeah, or so yeah, yeah. when you have all that together, we'll do a Zoom call. I'll show you how to do inside and outside mills with the clubs. Those are uh-huh. those are terrific. Those are awesome. Um, and then, you know, after that, it's up to you if you want to go bonkers with it. And, you know, like most people, they start winding up with a million different maces and clubs, and it just – seems like it gets out of hand in a good way. Well, I see the cool, like, it looks like they're training with a sword, with the mace. They're, like, doing the whole flow. Yes. Yeah, all that stuff looks awesome. Yeah, that's steel mace flow. That's um, uh, this guy Leo Savage came up with, Leo Yurkides. Um, And that's that's kind of like a kata thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, yeah, there's, there's, so that's one thing. Then you got traditional swings. So the, the 10 and two and the, and the, 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 the steel mace swing really just goes all the way back thousands of years ago to Persia where they were, you know, these Persian warriors were swinging a rock on the end of a stick and it's the same mm. exercise, except we do it with a steel mace, but there's like, you could buy gatas now. You, it, people make gatas. It's, 
fantastic. It's just like a whole other world when you get into it. Have you seen the size of the old swords back in like the medieval days? Yeah, those like um, what did they call those? Like um, bastard swords or something like that. They're giant, and I'm like, how does a human swing that? Yeah, he, and he somehow had the strength to do that properly back in the day. And weren't they like shorter people back then, or they only gave them to like to the big tall guys? I I don't know how they did it, but they, like you know, they were they could do it because you know they obviously were using it to, to defend their land. You know, I just was found some really cool videos about armor, and um, I posted it up on my Facebook because they, these these videos they they had real armor. And they were showing you actually how flexible it was and how well a, a armored man can get around. They were like running, they were <laughs> rolling on the ground, jumping, and you know, it's like a total of 50 pounds of weight that they add to their body. And they were saying that these these armored warriors were had dexterity like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, it's crazy what the human body is capable of. Yeah. And it seems like anything that comes out of fighting and war is always like the high tech stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's been around for many years. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I guess, you know, we could have fun with it. I don't know if it was fun for, <laughs> I don't know how fun it was being in one of those battles. Just put it that way. You got to have some serious balls. <laughs> right? Yeah, don't cut, the, don't, don't cut those off because you like the color pink, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nice tie back with that joke yeah, there. Exactly. All right. So yeah, let, uh again, fire off your information so people can get in touch with you if they want to come uh and be a client, uh your location yeah. and all that. Yeah, best way to find me is my Instagram at spine and strength, all spelled out. And my website is www.spineandstrength.com. And uh Dr. Jerry Lowe, chiropractor here in Nashville. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this. Please share it. Uh, we're trying to do a good thing here. Even if you disagree with what we're saying, that's fine. We want to make sure that there's a dialogue, not censorship. So, mm. you know, we're just trying to do what's best for, you know, humankind. We're, we're trying to save the world is what we're trying to <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Fred.